0: All right, everyone, welcome to the November 19th edition of the Alligator Sports Podcast. A little later in the week. This week, we're recording on a Friday, releasing on a Friday, but it's going to be worth it because we've got some cool stuff to talk about. As always, my co-host Jackson is here. What's up?
1: What's going on, Joe? Hope you're having a good week. Um, it's been pretty pretty slow this week, honestly. Not as, I don't think as crazy as last week was with National Signing Day and, uh, you know, all the coaching stuff going on, but uh still a lot to talk about a lot to get into I'm pretty excited for today's episode especially because we have a great guest on
0: yeah we are joined this week by karina wilson karina how are you doing
2: i'm good you know um basketball had a good game last night the men's women's were in attendance but <laughs> you know it's going good so far
0: yeah so karina we're on the same beat for the rest of this semester I've moved up to basketball. That's what you were on the whole time. So it's fun to be working together with you, kind of sharing, covering that team. You were at the game last night against Milwaukee. Um, What was that experience like being there for kind of a midweek Thursday night game? What was the atmosphere like?
2: There's actually a lot more students in the student section than I thought there was going to be. They definitely, you know, were carrying over the momentum to cheer on the Gators um, after their big one against Florida State. So. It's a pretty packed house um for a Thursday night, but it was good. Um home team came away with the win. They were a little slow in the first half, but they turned it around.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that FSU game that was on Sunday. That was my first game on the beat, and it's one that will be memorable for a long time for me. Um I grew up watching Florida basketball a lot. So it was kind of a surreal moment to be there and covering the team at that time. And that win, like you said, was absolutely huge, massive victory. The Gators now into the AP top 25. I think after last night's performance, it seems like they are pretty deserving of that ranking. And I think they're going to stick around in the top 25 for most of the season at this point Mm -hmm. and have a chance to climb up into the, into the high teens, I think, is around where they'll get at some point getting towards SEC play. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Jackson, you have any impressions of this basketball team? Uh,
1: Yeah, so I didn't get to catch the Florida State game, unfortunately. I wish I was able to because it ended up being, you know, a really huge win for the program. And, uh, you know, like you said, it skyrocketed in the AP Top 25, which I think they deserve to be in in the first place. I think coming into the season, the team was slightly underrated just because they kind of – you know they took a tough upset loss to Oral Roberts in the tournament last year, and the vibes were kind of weird around Mike White, especially. And you know, just losing a lot of players to the draft, Trey Mann, a lot of people transferring out, picking up a lot of new transfers. It's just it was a it was a really uncertain time. No one I really feel
0: like knew what the team was going to look. I feel like, like yeah, I feel like a lot of the national playing.
1: media just didn't know what they were going to get. They mm-hmm. didn't know what they're going to get from the team, but this team is good. I mean, they have slow starts offensively, the three-point shooting. Yeah, can be streaky from what I saw at uh, the Milwaukee game because I did go to see possible future Rocket uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. play. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was there Jackie, to see the Milwaukee there... Panthers. <laughs> you were just scouting, bro. I was in a Milwaukee jersey, actually. I
1: was getting fought in the student section. It was fun. But, no, it was a great experience. It's a great game. But they play great defense. Uh, the Gators, they – are swarming they press most of the game they are always making the right decisions on closeouts and staying on top of the ball and really putting a lot of pressure on whoever the ball handler is and it creates turnovers and it creates points off turnovers and I think that's one of their strongest points in their game is that uh they can steal the ball get a block get a rebound and just run out into transition and score. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah Karina I'm I was looking at your article this morning of your gamer last night and your headline says that they suffocated Milwaukee. And I love just the way that was written. I didn't have a chance to watch the game, but I just know the tenacity that the Florida team plays with on defense. I saw it against FSU and I'm assuming it came out last night as well. From what y'all are telling me um, who was really spearheading that on the team defensively. Um,
2: Castleton was really good um, all around. So definitely like whenever he's under the net, um, he gets nearly every rebound. So it's definitely a different atmosphere when he's out on the court. But um, I think McKissick played really well defensively. Um, I think he's a little, he was um, the defensive player of the year in the Summit League. So definitely translating those skills into his time at Florida. And Appleby had, a handful of good seals take the ball down the court they were just once they're getting aggressive and a little gritty <laughs> once the second half opened up and they started to run away with the game
0: yeah castleton had a really cool quote after the fsu game where he said that anytime he's on the floor he feels like the rim on defense is his rim and he has to protect it and just the way he portrayed that was really interesting because he really does lock it down mm-hmm. down low. Him and Daruji in the front court are just become an amazing tandem at this point. They're just putting up a lot of points. They're securing <laughs> the majority of the rebounds on the team. Their block numbers are great. They've combined for like an average of six blocks a game going into the Milwaukee game. And Castleton's just a star. Mm-hmm. He's back-to-back double doubles. He's SEC player of the week for the first week of the season. Him coming back and not going to the NBA was the biggest thing for this team.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree. And he also, there was NBA scouts at the game last night, and he was saying that he didn't even know they were there and he didn't pay attention to it. Like he was there to play his game. He's not focused on, you know, what's next. He's focused on like right then. I think that's definitely important for him as he's a key asset to the Gators team. Yeah, and it's no, I,
1: go ahead. I'm oh, Sorry. I didn't mean, no, you're good. but you know, before this season, like before arriving at Florida, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't pay attention to uh, college hoops that closely. I've just started to get into it more of an NBA guy myself, but so I, I'm just starting to learn how good Colin Castleton is. And he is really good. Like he's not just uh, a big guy who can play defense. Like he has a very good mind for the game. His fakes like all seem to come like, at just the right time, he never does too much, and he, he's very strong. I mean, they had some big guys on Milwaukee's mm-hmm. you know Milwaukee's defense yesterday. They had some really tall, a lot of strong players, and he made them look like you know like it was a lower level of competition. Basically, he just powered through, got really tough shots at the rim. Uh, he's really he's really really good, and I think I think his skill set, if he just improves his outside shooting a little bit, will translate really well to the NBA. So I think that maybe he's not he's not thinking about it, but he probably should start because he looks like a really, a really complete player and a great rebounder. I mean he was dominant on the boards yesterday. Watching him rebound it was kind of shocking to see how like how much Milwaukee was struggling just to get a rebound at the game yesterday. Uh I think that was one of Florida's strongest points was just
0: being really aggressive on the board. It's not just him, but the guards as well. I think Castleton does have the ability and the skill set that if he starts to work on it, which I think he has, like I would be surprised if he hasn't tried to start work on outside shooting as far as like three-point range, but just the work and the consistency that he has at the free-throw line for a center is kind of rare. And he shoots free-throws better than I've seen Florida guards shoot free-throws before. Like I think back to the one player I always think of when it comes to poor free throw shooting at Florida is Casey Hill. The dude, he was a, he was a great point guard, great facilitator, great team leader. He was, uh, he was the definition of the term floor general, but late in game situations, he's the guy you want to be having handling the ball against Mm -hmm. like full court press and everything. The dude couldn't make free throws. It was always like, it was so frustrating to watch, from just like even an objective standpoint, let alone a fan standpoint. But Castleton is just so solid at the free throw line. And I think he really can extend it to the three point line too. Yeah. At the NBA level. I mean, that's what they look at when
1: you're not, when you're not a guy who's taking a lot of three point attempts per game, but obviously just the way the NBA is these days, they're going to want you to be taking like you typically at least three a game once you're up to that next level. What they look at to decide if you're going to be a good shooter or not is your form shooting, your free throw shooting. So the fact that Colin Castleton is a good free throw shooter definitely bodes well towards his three-point shooting. I'm not sure if he had a three in the game yesterday, but there was a couple moments where he would be at the top of the key outside the three-point line and the on-ball defender had his hand down and he thought about it. He thought about just pulling up and taking the shot and that's a dangerous shot for big men to have. Like you think about big men all across the league that have that shot. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, big men that can just bring the ball up the court. And when they're at the top of the key and the man on them has their hand down, they can just let it fly. And I think one of these days Colin Castleton's going to have that in his bag just because he I think he he thinks about it. I mean, he, he like those pump fakes look like at the last second he's like, ah, oh, let me not let me not. But he looks like he's almost there in terms of getting his, like, outside scoring package pretty solid.
0: I also think that with the way that he's scoring and rebounding and just dominating games in pretty much every aspect, White's going to give him the green light to start doing that if he feels like he wants to. Especially early in the season before SEC play, he starts to get that going and carries that into conference play. It can be real dangerous because this Florida team is full of confidence about how good they are and how good they think they can be. And I'm sure Karina might be able to talk about this because she was in the post-game press conference last night. After the FSU game, they beat a top-20 team by double by double figures, looked very dominant, and they were like, we didn't even play our best game. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but even um, after last night's game, Appleby, was they asked him um how much better do you think the team can be and he was saying that they found their identity they know who they are this early in the season which is definitely um something that's you know notable and they know that he said they know that nothing is given they have to go and take it and i think knowing that that early in the season definitely says something about florida basketball and i also think that they were like um they were saying earlier a little bit underestimated. Um, Obviously they lost, you know, Scotty Lewis, Trey Mann. And then, you know, you lose someone like Noah Locke to the transfer portal. That's definitely like a little bruise to the team's ego, but I think they're, they've turned it around because Mike White is really good at recruiting and those skills are translating on to the court.
0: Yeah. Mike White works that transfer portal and he always has at Florida. and the way that college basketball is changing to where transfer portal recruiting is almost more important than freshman recruiting at this point mm-hmm. is really going to bode well for Florida, I think, in the future. And I think it's boding well for Florida right now. And if they're confident that they found their identity after three games with this, with this many new faces in the building, I think that's a really big – testament to what white's doing and the coaching that he's done so far this season. I was was saying to my, I was saying to a friend last night, I said, anytime I was like, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If it's an sec opponent or if it's somebody like Milwaukee, who's not a scrub, but is still not maybe as good as an sec level opponent. Horizon
1: league. We can't, we, we, we don't have to be nice. Like we can talk about how they're not, (laughs) they're in the horizon league and not the sec. Like we don't have to be super cordial about it. Joe.
0: (laughs) I was saying, if you almost double the score on any team in basketball, that is a dominating, impressive performance, no matter who you're playing. And that's surely what it was last night. I read a stat somewhere that I think
1: this is what Mike White's... How many seasons with the Gators? It's seven now?
0: I think this is either his seventh or eighth season.
1: I think this is... If it is, whatever it is, seven or eight, this is... For all seven seasons, he's coached. He's had at least one game where he's held his opponent to under, like, 47 points. And this was was that game. It came really early in the season this time for Mike White. So, yeah, I think they have found their identity. Like, I don't think that's a farce. Uh, They're a strong defensive team who can get the job done on offense, and they're going to hustle for the ball and hustle for rebounds and try to put pressure on you and make you make mistakes. So they can turn those into transition points. And you can you can feel it like at the game yesterday, just the energy on the bench and among the players like it didn't feel like a third game of the season. It felt like, you know, midseason conference play. Obviously, like you said, Joe, the, the opponent wasn't matching up to that quite exactly, but the team just looked like they were ready for anything like they just they nothing seemed like even when mistakes were being made they didn't seem shocked or confused like they were in control the entire time and that's something really important to see from from a team this early in the season
0: yeah for sure
2: they definitely hold themselves accountable too there's never been like a moment in a post-game presser where they've like sat and been like oh we didn't do anything wrong like they're the first to admit their mistakes, especially Castleton. Castleton kind of beats himself up a little um, (laughs) when he, something doesn't go his way. But I think that's better than being like, we're good, we know it, that's it, end of story, you know? But they'll see, they see a little bit of trouble coming up with the Fort Myers tip off when they face Ohio State, who's 19th on the AP poll. so that should be interesting.
1: To
0: see how they hold themselves. Yeah, it's Quite interesting. That. It's interesting that Castleton That's... gets to the podium after a nineteen and ten performance, and he's just like, ah, "I wasn't even that good." <laughs> it's just like, "All right, guy." That's, <laughs> That's just, what you need, that, though, because it's so dangerous. Because imagine if he gets to a performance where he's like, "Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong." It's going to be like forty and twenty. That's going to be crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think uh con castleton can be like a consistent 20 and 10 or at least a, like a double double guy for most games depending on the the big man matchup but there's going to be some tough ones there's a lot of great big man and sec play um i'm actually this is a way further in the season but i am excited to see how he matches up with the kentucky transfer i forget his name oscar something the center from kentucky
0: Oh, I know who you're talking about. Like I don't remember the name, one. but I know who you're talking about. To...
1: I, well, I know his last name. I'm, I don't know if I can pronounce it. That's my. Not...
0: I saw some Instagram posts about him. In one of the games earlier this week, he had just like some ridiculous amount of freebounds. He was a
1: five-star recruit. He went to West Virginia out of high school. Well, he was a McDonald's All-American. He was all Big 12 newcomer team, second team All-Big 12 after his freshman year. He was like the – 46th ranked player in his class by ESPN. He just left West Virginia to play for, you know, Coach Cal at Kentucky. So he's definitely going to be looking good this season. Like you said, Joe, he looked good in his last game. I think that's going to be one of the bigger matchups for Castleton this season. Just going up against another paint dominant, like really physically imposing big is going to be a tough challenge for him because there were good bigs in last night's game, but I wouldn't call them physically imposing per se. Uh, some some of Milwaukee's bigs are they need to fill out a little bit, honestly. But yeah, you tell them, Jack Yeah, I know. Weight room, fellas, come on. No, but <laughs> I shouldn't be telling anybody that. But but I think I think it's gonna be a really important season for Castleton. Um, staying behind, not going to the draft, was a really especially in a draft that wasn't full of big men, like he probably would have been one of the higher higher centers taken in the draft to stay back a year and try to build upon, you know, a tough loss in the tournament. I think that says a lot about not just him, but uh, the team as a whole, what their mentality is. They definitely have a chip on their shoulder, uh, shoulder from that Oral Roberts loss, even though half of this team wasn't even there for that. They weren't even there for the loss. They are ready. They feel like they aren't being – recognized as the kind of team that they feel they are and they want to show that every night. So it's going to be exciting to watch as the season goes
0: on. I found this stat about the one Kentucky center that you were talking about. I also cannot pronounce his last name, but his name is Oscar. It's his first name.
1: Oscar T. Oscar
0: T. Yeah. Kentucky basketball, they posted that they um his nickname is Big O. So I'm just going to roll with that. He's the only SEC player to record 56 rebounds over a three-game span in the last 25 years. 56 rebounds in three games. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so he's having, he's having unmatched dominance so far this season. <laughs> that, that is terrifying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and that's something that Florida is really going to have to keep in mind when they take on Kentucky because one of the biggest things that I think kept Florida – so far ahead like i mentioned this before one thing that kept them so far ahead last night is the rebounding i mean it felt like every ball that was 50-50 or coming off the rim bouncing uh the, there were two or three gators on it to get the rebound um that's that's going to be that's going to have to be the mentality all season this is definitely going to be like a a gang rebounding team where it's like everyone's going to have to pick up get their rebounds here and there so the team can maintain possession because this isn't really a is this really a half court team when you watch the gators offense in the half court they sometimes they struggle like they make good passes obviously they can always outlet to castleton in the post and he can get something done kick out to the corner make it happen but sometimes they look really sluggish when they are just swinging the ball around and nobody's really getting open mike white's on the sideline he's losing his mind telling people to move get into motion uh you saw that a lot at last night's game. That was probably one of one of my only concerns for the Gators offense is just that they can be a little slow in the half court and that's why their defense and their rebounding is so important because when they're not in the half court, when they're running transition, when they're in the full court, they
0: look they look really deadly. Yeah, for how much Mike White hates stagnant offense, his offense is stagnant often.
1: Very much so. I mean, there is not a lot of moving going on. It's a, it's a lot of Pass before you dribble, you know, super fundamental offense, which is fine. It works. It helps you keep the ball from, you know, turning the ball over, but also it, it can keep you from scoring points in situations where you're trapped in the half court and Castleton's done four post ups in a row. So he's tired. He can't, he can't do a fit. It's just been too much. You can only, you can only give up on the action that you've run and defer to Castleton in the post so many times in a game. So I think that's a one point of improvement that they could look at is just
0: working on their half-court offense. Karina, one thing I was going to ask you is we've talked about casting a lot and a lot of the starters. we talked about the transfers and stuff like that. Is there anybody that's kind of deeper down in the bench that you think as the season progresses will start to make more of an impact or even has made an impact so far that we're kind of overlooking here?
2: Um, I definitely think that McKissick is – a threat and I feel like maybe just because he came from you know Summit League and he's a grad student people weren't really thinking that he could have such an impact on the game but he's definitely so far um like proved that he's supposed to be on this Florida team and along with um Fleming also had the same amount of point as Daruji, I believe last night so the pigtails are working he might have to do those every game
1: yeah i agree he also just played great he, he's got he one was, of the best names
2: yes
1: flanness flanness fleming. fleming jr goes by flan oh. <laughs> i wasn't sure because there's a lot there's a lot you can do with philandrius like yeah. you can go lando you can go to pick Flan as <laughs> a I you know, he was that. like,
0: he was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. With I was thinking the about the Hispanic game last night. I was dessert. like, what's his
1: nickname? I'm like, I'm sure he doesn't go by Philandria. So I was like, what are they? What do they call him? I was thinking about <laughs> this. last
2: night. Yeah,
1: that's too much. To I couldn't help but about the He was playing great yeah. defense. So I was like, he needs a he needs a defensive nickname. He he's a great on-ball defender. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what, what can we do? Lockpad Lando. Like, where are we going with this? You know. Jackson you have uh, to start it. Yeah. Lockpad Lando. I, but if he doesn't want to be called that, like if his nickname is Flan, I'm not gonna disrespect him and go, you know. You can
2: constantly. have one of the, of the game.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, Lockpad Lando, it is. He's a great on-ball defender. I think he's gonna come big, he's gonna come up huge for
0: uh Florida at points this season. Make the hashtag.
2: Hashtag lockpad. Lando. <laughs> lockpad Lando. That's I also feel like um Myron Jones, who he goes by MJ, but no one says they have like all their nicknames listed and he has a bunch and MJ like was the only one that kind of made sense <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> like, which it does make sense because it's his initials but yeah like, like what other ones like which ones one. didn't make sense I think I think I can find it but someone was like why is this your nickname and he was like um just is <laughs> but I think once he gets you know I don't know if he's still like feeling it out, but they every time someone asks about him in a uh, post game, they're like, "Oh, like he's good. Like this isn't gonna happen again," because he was at least in the exhibition game, he was like 0 for 6 from a three point line, and then he did better, obviously, in the la- the Florida State game, um, in the Elon game, he actually it's like the second half is like his best friend. Um, but i'm sure mike white would prefer to see it you know like the whole time <laughs> let me see if i can find this okay his nicknames are mj midnight and buckets
1: okay well those aren't that weird i mean i don't know i don't know i'm sure midnight buckets has a story to it makes sense i don't know but... what i was expecting i was expecting something like a really
0: outlandish yeah i was just something really outlandish from the way you made it sound i was just well, like really... the
2: way he, i can't the way he like described the midnight one like didn't make sense. But he also has a, a podcast with like midnight in it in the title. So I don't
0: know. Fair enough. It
2: started somewhere.
0: Yeah, we got um I was in media on Wednesday afternoon and we got to talk to Myron for a little bit. And he seemed really chill. A lot of the questions were mostly just about what the win against FSU was like and then Basically, a week into the season, at that point, how it had been, just being in Gainesville and being a Florida student and just being here, and he was very quick to just be like, "Yeah, it's been good, no complaints." That was pretty much all he said about being a Florida student and like being a part of the team. So everybody in the media was like, "All right, <laughs> cool, thanks, Vince." I'm gonna start nah, I mean, just, in media, just, just out of stolen. nowhere.
1: Hey, Midnight yeah. Joe from the Alligator. Uh, <laughs> he's like, what the hell? Pat? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's his thing. He's just a little mysterious. He's waiting to just.
0: Comes out at night. Yeah. I get other people. I get other people in the Zoom would be like, "What the hell is this kid talking about?" <laughs> Calling him Midnight. Out they of nowhere, kick, they would mute you. <laughs> They would be night. like, "All
1: right, next question."
2: Then <laughs> Flanders is gonna come on. and be like, "Hey, lockdown, late." <laughs>
1: Lock, hey, Lock pad Lando. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, man. Just having a weird nickname for every player on the team.
2: <laughs> not allowed in any of the Zooms. It's official.
0: <laughs> yeah. If the we ever. has been banned from post game media. <laughs> Karina, if we ever need someone to cover for us, if we both can't cover media, not Jackson.
2: Please, not Jackson. <laughs> not any me. Jackson. I will
0: be. I will
1: be a menace, and I'll ruin the <laughs> reputation of the picture. No, I'll be good. I'll probably, I'll probably be too scared to ask a question. Yeah, y'all. You need to tell the you tell the Milwaukee. You need to fill out. Tell Moses Bull He's gotta put some weight on.
2: Should have joined their post
1: game last night.
2: Just came in here today.
1: say. You guys not hit the weight room. I just wanted to. Dude, that'd be terrible. Just me at Milwaukee's Media, like, Coach Baldwin, what do you think about your players and them not being in the weight room enough?
0: He's like, Excuse me? Especially with this guy. guy? (laughs) Yeah. You're still in the O'Connell Center. They just come find you. When's Media? (laughs) Did I miss it? That's
1: hilarious. The game was yesterday. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you're at the women's game
1: actually what are you, do- you don't even cover this sport what are you doing
0: here? <laughs> i feel like we're running out of steam with basketball talk yeah so, i feel like we're just kind of throwing around we're gonna get to our favorite part of the alligator sports podcast we have to talk about football at some point and we're gonna do it with score predictions the gators are in columbia playing missouri this weekend Things are not going great for the football team. Oh yeah, it's Columbia, Missouri. They went
1: from Columbia, South Carolina, to Columbia, Missouri. Two Columbias this year. Yikes.
2: Not having a great time there.
1: <laughs> no, it hasn't been a great experience at Columbia so far.
0: Yeah, I think I'm trying to look at the, the spread. Co- I'm trying to
1: figure out where my prediction should go.
0: And I'm okay with leading off for predictions because I'm a little bit ready right. for it. I knew that's where we were going. I think this trip to Columbia for the Gators is going to be very similar to the last trip to Columbia for the Gators. I think they're going to lose. And I think the Missouri running back, Tyler Beatty, is going to go crazy. He is one of the best running backs in all of college football. I think he's first or second in yards or something like that. He's like top five in yards. And if they were you look back to what like the football team led up against LSU's running back and he like wasn't even that good it's gonna be a mess on saturday i don't know missouri's defense is also bad so i think florida's gonna be able to score yeah but dan mullen
1: probably won't give um ar the start because he doesn't want to put ar in when no not no, no, no. emory's have definitely, success
0: emory's definitely starting i mean emory had a
1: he has an amazing – he had a career game.
0: Yeah, he had, like, one of the best Florida games of all time. But also Sanford. Like, statistically, statistically. Yeah. There's, like, an asterisk next to it because Sanford, but, you know.
1: Because it's Sanford and they also still almost lost. They had to
0: come down from
1: 28
0: to 42 to win. So. Yeah, I think – so, Emery's going to start for sure. I think he does come back to earth a little bit. I'm going to go – let's see. Thirty-eight to twenty-eight, Mizzou.
1: Thirty-eight to twenty-eight. You think Mizzou's gonna win convincingly? Then a ten-point victory for the Tigers. Correct. The spread's not even favoring Florida that much. Florida's only favored by nine. So,
0: yeah, I don't know how Florida's still favored in any football game ever. I don't get it. Yeah, they have like they have like a seventy. 70- um, you, I think Vegas should have learned their 76%. lesson after favoring. Yeah, Vegas should have learned their lesson after favoring them by 20 and a half over South Carolina. That was so goofy. I mean the the FBI had
1: like a 90% chance of winning for Florida headed into the game or something like that. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected liar. them.
0: I don't believe the FBI. You
1: don't believe in the FBI? All right. No. Well, all right, I'll go next. Um, Cold hard statistics. I think- don't believe. <laughs> I think don't add up. Yeah, I just don't think Florida's good enough at this point. I think they've sort of deflated as a team. A lot of the, you know, the players are talented, but it feels like the players don't want to be there, which I don't think you can blame them because their coaching staff is gone and it's all gonna be like kind of starting afresh next year. So, you know, what are we really doing this for? I feel like is maybe the mentality. Um, so I don't think they'll get blown out by Mizzou, but Mizzou's rushing attack, like Joe said, is, is really, really good. And Florida's rushing defense is really, really bad. And I don't think they'll be able to overcome that. So I'm going to say it's going to finish out 27 to 34 Mizzou taking the victory. So just a
0: touchdown difference. Karina, close us out. What you got?
2: I mean, you know, like record wise, they're both five and five, but which that that's a little painful. I didn't. I <laughs> I had to do the math <laughs> there. I was like, I didn't think Florida was five and five, but.
1: same okay. record is Mizzou. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty but, cool.
2: <laughs> Mizzou also beat South Carolina. So, True. you know, they have that in their favor. <laughs> um, I think I do think that Mizzou's going to win. Because, like you said, Jackson, Florida's definitely a little checked out. They're definitely kind of like, okay, we're done. Maybe a bowl game. We'll see. If
1: Florida doesn't make a bowl, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Depending. (laughs) Is it above 500, or do you just have to be 500 to be bowl eligible? I'm not exactly sure. Six wins. Six wins. You just have to have six wins. So, it might come down to Florida State. I don't think we're Florida State either at this point. So for it for might, we might be a good
2: game. Just because they're both not
1: good. <laughs> yeah, but you could say I mean, I think Mizzou's gonna be a good game, so I just think Florida's gonna lose. <laughs> I just sorry. I think I mean you could argue that Florida will show up for the Florida State game, so you never know, but we could very well be looking at a five and seven Florida team 10 a year, which would be
0: mm. yikes. No oh yeah, it would it would not be that surprising at this point. I mean that I know I knew we were I I know we said
1: we weren't gonna get too deep into this, but that would that would that would lead to Dan Mullen's firing, right? Yeah, if five and seven,
0: fire. five and seven, somebody's got to go. Not the best record.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go close to Joe's range, so I'm gonna say 37, 28, Mizzou.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> All least, right.
2: They could surprise, you know could
0: (laughs) yeah we'll see what happens well
1: i think that's gonna be yeah an an exciting i'm doing hand quotes here
0: exciting game i think it's gonna be kind of similar to the lsu game where that game was a good game in terms of the fact that it was close and entertaining to watch it was Mm -hmm. not a good game for florida I think, I think have this will of very even, similar energy.
1: I don't think this will hurt as bad as the LSU game did just because people like people see it coming. After these last couple of weeks of Florida football, people are like, all right, we know what's going on here. I mean, yeah, we they're just probably went gonna lose. three for three. They're probably going to lose. Like, they're going to lose. <laughs> at least like against LSU, I mean, I don't even want to go back and look at our score predictions, Joe, but we were like, nah, they're going to be fine. They'll bounce back. It'll be okay. LSU
0: can't play. We were wrong. Very wrong. Florida's probably gonna win now just because they do the opposite of whatever we think. Well,
1: yeah, I broke that curse last week, but we'll see. You know, maybe all we have to do is 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 predict against Florida and they'll do it. Or maybe Florida's just bad and they're gonna lose regardless of what
0: happens. It's possible. Time will tell. The world may never know. Tomorrow afternoon, we'll see what happens. Well, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Jackson, as always, thank you for coming on. Karina, it was great having you on as a guest, second time on the podcast, super fun. As basketball season continues, I'm sure we will hear from you a lot more often, which will be great. As always, I'm getting to the spiel. Follow Alligator Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Stay up to date with everything we got going on. And yeah, that's it. We'll see you next week.